Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Redefining Security podcast. Have you ever thought that we are selling cybersecurity insincerely, buying it indiscriminately, and deploying it ineffectively? Perhaps we are. So let's look at how we can organize a successful InfoSec program that integrates people, process, technology, and culture to drive growth and protect business value. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. iTrust is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at HighTrustAlliance.net. Imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions. Learn more at imperva.com. Right, here we are. This is Sean Martin, and you are very welcome to a new Redefining Cybersecurity episode here on ITSP Magazine, where we look at how to operationalize security for the benefit of business. Uh, and there's a lot to unpack in that uh, broad category of conversations. Today, we're looking at enterprise risk management. Risk management is something that uh, I don't know, I kind of geek out on it, I kind of like it uh, for some reason. and. Uh, sit on on an advisory board for a cyber risk uh, program at Pepperdine and look at risk analytics and security analytics at a course I teach. This is something I'd love to talk about, but I presume I'm like most people and I have a certain mindset (laughs) that that, uh, prevents me from progressing beyond what I know and perhaps to a better place. And that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a better result. Um, Today's conversation is to get us all to think differently on this topic. And uh, there's an organization that's put a lot of effort into this and and, uh, an author of a book who has presented a lot of that information for folks to read so they can actually absorb it and perhaps think differently and act differently. And my guest on the show today is Larry Clinton. Larry, thanks for uh, joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And you're you're the author author of a few books. We're going to be looking at one today. As with any title, hopefully that sums up what uh, what you're after in the book. Um, so we're going to get into that in a few minutes. Who, why, and who it's for, and what you hope to get out of it. Um, but before we do that, a few words about who Larry is. Uh, the organization you work for, its objectives, and uh, why this topic, why this book? Well, thanks. Uh, So I'm Larry Clinton. I'm president and chief executive officer for the Internet Security Alliance. Uh, The Internet Security Alliance is a trade association, 501c6. Uh, It was born in 2001, so we are ancient in the cybersecurity world. Um, The mission of the Internet Security Alliance is to integrate advanced technology 
with economics and public policy to create a sustainable system of cybersecurity. And the two key words in that mission statement are economics and sustainable. So we don't track the latest vulnerability or attack so much. There are lots of great people who do that. We're interested in recreating the system. We're interested in, in creating a new, secure, sustainably secure cyber system. And the other key word in that uh, mission statement is economics. We think the reason, or one of the major reasons, that we're not making much progress in cybersecurity and we are not making any progress in cybersecurity. Things are getting worse. Just not to say a lot of good things aren't being done, they are. But the problem is getting worse really fast. We think one of the reasons is, is that for the most part, we have misanalyzed the issue. We have thought of it in too narrow a context, thinking of it primarily as an operational technology issue. And obviously, cybersecurity has a important operational technology portion to it, but that's not the entire issue. Cybersecurity, particularly from the enterprise space, is better understood as an enterprise-wide risk management issue. So we have three major goals. First of all, thought leadership, because we think that there's a lot of activity that's going on and not a lot of thought has gone into it. So we really need to rethink this issue. Uh, second is public policy advocacy. Uh, so as uh, we'll be discussing hopefully in the future, uh, we have a second book coming out on called Fixing American Cybersecurity that fo focuses entirely on uh, the government industry partnership that needs to be developed and then promoting effective uh, standards and practices for cybersecurity. Our main area of interest has typically been at the corporate board level. So we publish with our partners at the National Association of Corporate Directors, uh, a series of handbooks on cybersecurity. And I should note that as far as I know, the uh, ISA and ACD handbooks are the only set of best practices in the cybersecurity field that have been independently assessed and found to actually create improvements in security. So PwC, who had no association with the book, uh, the handbook uh, did a research did research on it as part of their global information security survey and found that organizations that use that handbook um, have better cyber risk management, closer alignment of cybersecurity with their business goals, better budgeting, better communication with their board, and help create a culture of cybersecurity. Um, so uh, those are the principles that we've worked with at the board level, which the book Cybersecurity for Business attempts to translate from the board level into the management system. So that's in a nutshell uh, what we do. Uh, our board of directors, our chief information security officers, typically the top cybersecurity people uh, from critical uh, industry uh, organizations uh, from every critical industry sector. So that's, that's who we are and what we do. I love it. And uh, wide, wide reaching uh, objectives there. And, and uh, I love the three goals you outlined. I want to go back to a couple words and I'm going to, that you mentioned or you, you put out there and I'm going to want to make a couple comments and I want to get your thoughts on this because you said we're not, we're not making progress. Mm -hmm. A lot of good things happening, but we're not making progress. So yeah. to me, that says there's a lot of action, a lot of activity, mm -hmm. not a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. Um, you said the word system, and I, when I think of progress, I think of a program, something that actually it's designed to have progress. A program has progress, right? Actions have, or activity has actions, um, programs have progress. And I'm connecting that to the other word you mentioned, which is system. And I'm, I'm just wondering, to set the stage, do you see that we're kind of missing the big picture here uh, for cybersecurity? 
And is, is that the, is that the problem? That's one of the problems. Yes. We're missing the big picture. Um, so most of the work that has been done on cybersecurity focuses almost entirely on the technology. And as I said, the technology is just how the attacks occur. In order to really solve the problem, we need to get at why the attacks occur. And the reason the attacks occur is almost always economic. Um, uh, the Verizon uh, reports, excellent work they do, uh, says 94 to 96% of the cause of the attacks is financial. And even if we start looking at a geopolitical level, you look at the, uh, the, the, uh, the Russian attacks on our election system, for example, that is best understood from an economic context. That's a, a cost reward uh, issue for the Russians. Uh, in that case, it is a political reward as opposed to a, a financial reward. But still, the better way to understand this issue is by looking at it from an economic perspective. And the reality is we do not have an economics model for cybersecurity. I mean, we do have sophisticated economic models for financial uh, uh, relations and management and environmental uh, controls, et cetera. There is no such thing in the cybersecurity field. So we are not focusing on the core cause of the problem, which is the, the, the inverted economics of the digital age. So in brief, this is what that is. Cyber attacks are cheap and easy to acquire. Uh, it's a great business model to be a cyber criminal. They're incredibly profitable. It's a 2.2 trillion dollar a year industry going to 10. Um, meanwhile, on the defender side, uh, we are defending an inherently porous perimeter. Um, uh, there's hard to show return on investment to things that are prevented. Uh, the private sector is being asked to take on national security functions. And by the way, we get no help from law enforcement. We successfully prosecute less than 1% of cyber criminals. So that's the problem. It's, it's not the fact that we don't have enough standards and most of the work on standards. That's good work on standards. But the problem is that all the economic incentives favor the bad guys. We have to rebalance the economics of the digital world in order to really get at the core cause of the problem. And uh, is that something you get into in, in your book? Absolutely. Certainly. All right. Um, so let, let, let's, let's go there. So first off, what was the catalyst for this book? I know with the ISA, you, you do a lot of work to kind of help frame what's going on and, and to help organizations think through how they're approaching cybersecurity. Uh, why the book? Well, the book was really, this book, Cybersecurity for Business, um, was really born out of the work that we have been doing at the corporate board level for really the last 10 years. As I mentioned, uh, we, we produce with our partner, the National Association of Corporate Directors, uh, this set of handbooks, which, by the way, is the most popular publication that NACD has outstripping their publication on, uh, on, on director compensation. So they'll tell you how much they care about uh, this book. Uh, and we now have versions of that handbook on four continents in five different languages with a wide range of, of government and industry partners. DHS and DOJ uh, endorse our book here. Uh, the German governments endorse the German version, uh, the OAS for the Latin American version, et cetera. So we have established this arcing, overarching approach at the board level how boards need to be looking at cybersecurity, which in short is to move away from the previous model, which was this technocentric IT um, uh, uh, focus. And of course, there's a technology issue, but it's not the whole issue. It's a broader issue. 
And instead, boards are now moving towards understanding cybersecurity from an enterprise-wide strategic business point of view, not just from the technology point of view. That needs to be woven in. So the book comes out of that. So we had already defined how we think boards need to be better understanding and implementing cybersecurity uh, at their level. Cybersecurity for business, what we needed was what happens at the management level if the board is moving in that direction. And there's a lot of evidence that indicates boards are moving in that direction towards a more strategic view of cybersecurity that is enterprise-wide. If that's happening at the board level and you're uh, part of the management team, what does that mean for you in management? What does that mean for your structure? What does that mean? What roles does your HR department have? What roles does your audit department have? What roles does your risk management department have? In fact, how are you going through your cyber risk assessment? Because the cyber risk assessment model is also broken um, in the main. I mean, there are some good innovation in that space, but that's what we felt we needed to provide in the book is that handshake between the board and management. So t- uh, so many questions, Larry, because I'm, I'm so intrigued, but the connection between the board and executive leadership and operations, um, clearly down, down in ops, you're looking at technology and processes. And when executive leadership comes and, and asks a question, and it could be, are we vulnerable to this ransomware attack that's uh, happening right now? Or, or how does the, uh, as a war in Ukraine impact our cyber resiliency or whatever the question may be? Um, I guess my two parts to this, what information does the organization think they have to answer that question? And are they coming up with that answer in the wrong way? And then kind of to your point, how does that then translate up to the board? So I guess the, does the organization have the information? Do they ha- do they look at it the right way? Or what are they missing? And then how do they translate that to the board? I'm not positive which organization you're referencing here. You're asking any what? any organization. Any organization. Yeah, um, not, not yours. Just an organization that has risk. So any organization. So um, the first thing that we need to appreciate is what is the role of the board, and what is the role of management. Um, So what we advocate is that there are three core principles that the boards need to have. Uh, They need to understand that cybersecurity is, as I said, a strategic risk, not just an IT risk. Uh, They need to get access to appropriate uh, uh, legal uh, understanding of what their their legal responsibilities are with respect to cyber. And that's, of course, a quickly changing field. And they need to have access to appropriate cybersecurity uh, information. Okay, and that varies depending on the business plan, the location, and variety of other things. So they need to assure that they have that. And then there are two principles that boards need to work with management on. And the first principle is that board needs to require that management provide them with a, 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 a clear structure as to how they are handling their data. And secondly, with a clear structure for how they are managing their cyber risk. And that structure, in most instances, needs to change. Uh, cyber risk needs to be managed, not out of the IT department, although IT needs to be con- involved, obviously, uh, but it ought to probably be managed by an enterprise-wide risk management team headed by an entity that has enterprise-wide vision so that they understand how cyber works into the business, okay? And then the, the other 
uh, the, the last principle that board and management need to work on is how to do an appropriate cyber risk assessment. Uh, and, and the management team is responsible to uh, provide the board with that information that indicates what cyber risks they can accept, what cyber risks they're going to completely avoid. Like maybe they're not going to do business in China, or maybe they are going to do business in China, but they're going to mitigate the risk through a variety of the following controls, or maybe they're going to transfer the risk. The, the management team is responsible to provide the board with those information so that they can work together on those final two principles. What the handbooks do is it provides mostly this explanation of what the roles are, but the handbooks for boards are largely the questions they should be asking the management team because a lot of the problem we have with the communication between the board and management is that uh, the IT guys speak in IT geek talk and it washes over the board's uh, face and they don't really understand it. So we really need to get through that communication problem. So that in broad strokes is, is what is the information that the, the, the board needs to get. They need to have that proper understanding. They have, need to get outside expertise, both legal and cyber oriented. And then they need to know what their management team really needs to be getting to them so that they can make a proper assessment together as to where they go with their investments. And by the way, this is an enterprise wide issue. So the traditional way that cybersecurity has been handled at most board meetings is you know 10 minutes at the end of the meeting where the CISO gets up and says, we have this number of attacks and we block this number of, of viruses or whatever, which is frankly pretty meaningless data. What they need to be able to understand is how this works into the business model. So you can't develop a product and then bring it to the security guys at the end and say, here, stick some security on this. That's gotta be involved you know, from R&D, through manufacture, through fabrication, through promotion, through supply chain management, all the way to the end. That's a completely different model than the traditional model. That's where boards are going. Yeah. And so as you're as you're talking through that, I'm I don't know, I love food, so I like food analogies. I'm thinking the organization at the ops and technical level have the ingredients to make some delicious scones. Right. <laughs> and uh and the executive team is trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going on with our security posture and, and how, how well are we managing risk? So they ask some questions and the, the security and IT teams try to figure out how to take the ingredients for scones and, and turn it into a cupcake because they think, think that's what the executive team wants. When in reality, the board is really looking for a prize-winning cake, not a cupcake, right? With uh, with fancy writing and all this stuff, so my, I guess I'm wondering, do do you see a shift from bottom up? Here here are the ingredients we have. Let's try to figure out how best to present what we have, versus the board actually driving that conversation from an economics perspective. And if so, what has to change? I, I think you describe it. Uh, very, very well. I mean, the problem is that poor IT guys don't know whether or not they're supposed to be making a scone or a cupcake or a cake. Um, that's why they need to be involved from the beginning of the process. That's why the, the, the R&D people and the marketing people and the financial people need to be talking about the new product development with the security people at the table. So the security people know what they're supposed to do when we get down to the actual operations and security. That's not the traditional model, but that is the model that people are moving to. 
So if you read the research in the space from EY and Deloitte and others, you know, what they will tell you is yes, boards are now moving to this more business-oriented strategic model. And corporations are being beginning to adapt their structures to move towards this more holistic approach that involves IT, but also involves the other critical elements of the business. And a really important function of this, by the way, is that risk management technique, because the traditional way that many organizations do risk management is they take some list of requirements and they check the boxes, you know, and there can be hundreds of boxes. By the way, usually nobody checks them all, you know. And the problem is, from a business point of view, you don't know how many boxes you have to check to be secure. I mean, do you have to check all 500 or do you need to just check 200? Or do you need to get to 205? Or do you need to start at 205 and get to 500? You don't know any of these things. That's not part of the traditional model for cyber risk assessment. Fortunately, however, there is good innovation in this space, factor analysis of information risk, uh, security queue, X analytics. There are a variety of models that have come on board in the last few years that enable an organization to assess their cyber risk from their business model's point of view and come up with a quantitative economics-based approach to their cyber risk so they can figure out how much cybersecurity spend they need that will bring their risk down to their risk appetite level so that they can move forward adequately secure to their business model's requirement. Now, by the way, if this gets into the public policy, um, the public sector analyzes risk at a commercial level, the government analyzes risk at a national security level. So we have a gap there. And that's another issue that we have to deal with. But do we have to begin by having the organizations, and they're moving in this direction, to adopt more of these sophisticated enterprise-wide economics-based cyber risk assessment systems so that the communication among the executive team, the entire executive team, is much better. And that way, the communication between the board and the executive team can be better. And we believe that that will lead to a, a better uh, uh, culture of security. And frankly, that's why we wrote Cybersecurity for Business. What we hope is that the explanations we provide in those chapters would enable an organization to move into this new world of, uh, of, of enterprise-wide cyber risk management. So let's, let's dig into that enterprise-wide risk management, which there's that wide thrown in there. Uh, I'm familiar with enterprise risk management. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean enterprise-wide risk management, if I'm, if I'm going to take a guess here. Yeah. So, so using the book as the, as the, the core yeah. here for that, what, what does the book offer to help businesses begin to have a conversation that are truly enterprise-wide? What, what's in the book, specific so, sections or chapters or whatever? So, so it starts with a chapter uh, that attempts to reorient the way we think about cybersecurity, to think about it more from an economics point of view uh, and not just a technical point of view. Again, there's an important technical component, but it's, it's a lot more than that. Uh, from there, we then go to the board. And, and we try to identify what are the board's responsibilities? How are they distinct from management? And from there, uh, we move into uh, cyber risk assessment. And we talk about these assessment tools and why the previous uh, models don't work. Uh, and these other models are better for an organization so they can calibrate cyber risk uh, from, a, an, from an economics point of view. The succeeding chapters really go, if you will, department by department. 
So if you are going to adopt this better board structure and corporate structure and best better risk management process, how do we implement that? How do I implement that since I'm running HR? What are my cybersecurity responsibilities with respect to HR? How do we, uh, what, what are my cybersecurity responsibilities in the general counsel office? What are my cybersecurity responsibilities uh, in my supply chain management offices? What is my cybersecurity responsibility uh, in the audit process? And then we also deal with a couple of uh, more generic uh, sorts of issues, such as how do we establish a culture of security? Or how do we deal with cybersecurity um, in, in the case of an merger or an acquisition? Or how do we deal with cybersecurity uh, in the case of an event? You know, and, and what is the role of communications and, and human resources and, frankly, public relations uh, in an event? I mean, public relations traditionally are not thought of as part of the cybersecurity calculus. But actually, if you have a major cyber event, you need your public relations department and they need to understand what you're doing and why, because they're the ones who are going to have to manage a lot of the reputational risk uh, that, that could be very damaging for you. So that's what the book attempts to do, is try to pull all that together uh, in, in 12 chapters. And I'm going to take a wild guess that if, if you don't get the first chapter, quote unquote, right, <laughs> the, the rest of it, uh, you're, you're going to be working on uh, using missing information, bad data, um, yeah, fault, faulty, faulty analysis. Uh, and I guess it's the economics. And to me, that's really the, the crux of this. So maybe if you can there's something from the book you can pull or some other experiences you can share with respect to the economics of this. Cause if it's, if it's a business, they probably get the economics, but can't connect it to cyber risk. If it's a technically driven company that understands cyber risk, they're probably not going to get the economics part of this, right? So maybe something to help, help us understand what the economics piece is. Well, um, I, I have to understand, first of all, um, that this is an economics issue and, and you need to be treating it at the appropriate level. Um, so as I said, uh, uh, when you are, uh, let me put it this way, if, if, you're, if you're on a board of directors, there is now not a single significant business decision that doesn't have an IT component, a, a cybersecurity component to it. You're doing a, a you're, you're, uh, you're, you're innovating, you're launching a new product, uh, you're coming up with a long international supply chain, you've got major new cyber risk. Uh, you're doing a merger and acquisition, you've got major new cyber risk. Um, you're entering a new market, you're going to have major new cyber requirements. Uh, there's virtually nothing that you have to deal with that doesn't include a cybersecurity component to it. Now, that's new. Um, that, that generally has not been the case previously. So that calls for understanding and bringing cybersecurity into the discussion uh, at a different level. So what you would need to do is appreciate cybersecurity kind of the way you would appreciate finance or legal. No board, no management team ever makes a significant decision without talking to finance people and the legal people. In the 21st century, no board or management group needs to be making a major decision without considering the cyber risk that it involves. So you start there. Um, uh, that means that you alter uh, where you discuss cyber risk. That means you alter who discusses cyber risk. That means you adopt different models for assessing your cyber risk. 
Um, and probably you have different requirements for all the people you work with, <coughs> excuse me, both internally and externally. Your supply chain becomes very, very important. Um, what are the, when you ask about the, the economics, another critical element, very difficult for a modern organization to work through, is how are you going to do digital transformation? Um, virtually every organization probably in the world at this point has already decided to make use of the wonders of the digital world uh, to enhance their business. New markets, new ways to deal with employees, uh, new product lines, etc. Um, and all, all, virtually all, of the wonders of the digital world come with enhanced risk. So a voice over net protocol uh, is much more efficient uh, and cost-effective than traditional copper wire uh, cybersecurity, but much more vulnerable. Uh, going to the cloud, depending on which cloud you go to, um, can dramatically enhance your cyber risk, but it's almost impossible uh, to run a business nowadays you know, without using the cloud. Same thing with long international supply chains. Um, you know, it is, it is almost impossible uh, to compete in most of the technology world unless you use long international supply chains, which dramatically enhances your cyber risk. So as you transform your business economically for growth and profitability, you are simultaneously expanding your risk from a cyber point of view. And you need to weave that into the business plan so that you're merging the economics of profitability and growth with the risk uh, to your, uh, your, your intellectual property, to your reputation, uh, to your contracts, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a much more complicated calculus than uh, people have traditionally viewed. And I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question because it, it it seems like it's math. <laughs> you said calculus, but I mean, we, we hear organizations trying to determine the return on security investment, right? And that basically, in my view, says we're operating our security program efficiently, <laughs> Right. We didn't waste a bunch of money on tools and, and staff and process building and uh, and and we're actually combating the threats that we're facing, quote unquote, successfully. Right. Okay. I don't know. Maybe there's a different definition. Um, and then and then there's the idea that you can extend it beyond just return on security investment to a return on investment. So how does that bake into the overall return for the company. I'm hearing you perhaps say that there's a slightly different view here, uh, maybe more strategic conversation to be had. Is that correct? Or, and if so, so, so a more strategic conversation does need to be had. It needs to be happening at the appropriate point in the organization. And it is generally the, the board that makes decisions on strategy based on input from management. Um, so that's a that's a collaborative function. Generally, the board, if you're talking about overall strategy, so overall strategy being, are we entering a new market? Are we starting a new uh, strategic partnership? Are we, uh, you know, are we developing new partners someplace? Um, those are kind of strategic decisions. Um, and what we're saying is that when the management team goes to implement that, there is a more complicated process, um, but not an unavailable process uh, to, to work this into the overall business uh, planning. By the way, 
We do this in all the other areas of business. You know, if you want to do, I mean, if you look at financial risk, you look up the the, the, the definition of financial risk in a lot of, uh, of textbooks, there are no words. It's an equation. Right. So, so doing this, you know, this kind of process for environmental risk, financial risk, problem is that the cybersecurity field is so young. I mean, it's 20, 25, 30, maybe 30 years old. And as I said before, we don't have a sophisticated economic model for this. I mean, we, 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 ISA received a proposal a little while ago uh, from uh, Oliver Hart, who's the Nobel laureate, 2016 Nobel laureate in economics, asking us to work with them on developing the first economic model for cybersecurity. It doesn't exist. I mean, we do have this in all the other areas, most of the other areas of, of, of our business operations. So what we're talking about really uh, in, a, in a broad sense is upgrading the cybersecurity discipline so that it looks a lot more like the other disciplines that we use when we manage a business. I, I love that. And I, I'm sorry, I'm struggling here because I'm just thinking, well, why doesn't? I mean, you say you're, it's young, the industry. <laughs> sorry, I'm just it's but, an adolescence. You know how unruly they are. You know? For 30 years on, we, we, still, uh, we, we should be able to make some calculations and, and some decisions, even if we're making some assumptions on some of the data points. Yeah. And, yeah. and in fairness, we are, as I said, it's not the way our, some good work is being done. A lot of good work is being done uh, at the corporate level. I mean, the association of corporate directors is putting out these handbooks. They are educating board members. Board members are changing. I mean, there's empirical research that indicates that we're having a little bit less success at the government level. Um, but even at the government level, there's you know some some changes being made. More is being invested. Problem is, we're not keeping up with the bad guys. Um, so it's not that we're not doing good things. It's that the the bad guys are doing more good things. I mean, you know, you look at you look at our friends in China. Um, I mean, again, I'm I'm bleeding over into public policy for just a moment. But I mean, from my point of view. We, 20, 25 years in, we do not have a cybersecurity strategy. We have a bunch of tactics, information sharing, standards development, reporting requirements. Those are tactics. It's not a strategy. They're good tactics, by the way. Not a strategy. Look at China. China has something called the Digital Silk Road, a $1.4 trillion digital strategy, and it's good. I mean, they've integrated their culture with their economy, with their foreign policy. It, it, they've essentially got a, a digital Marshall Plan all over the world, much to our, uh, the United States, uh, much to our threat. Um, they're attempting to change over the economic structure of the world so that the dollar gives way to Chinese currency as the dominant world um, uh, uh, currency. Um, very sophisticated stuff. So we, you know, the Biden administration, I think, has done a really good job, for example, increasing a bunch of spending on cybersecurity. But the way to measure that is not by measuring how much we're spending this year as opposed to last year. You have to measure how much are we spending compared to what our adversaries are spending. And they're crushing us. And I, I just talked about China. That doesn't count Iran and Russia and North Korea and, and a vast criminal uh, enterprise. Uh, enormous. Very inventive, by the way. Very, very innovative. You know, they're creating a market in, in, in cyber vulnerabilities. Um, you know, they, they have, you, you don't even have to be a, a, a cyber person anymore to be a cyber criminal. You know, you can, you can buy it wholesale, literally. 
you know, you know, like ransomware is a service. This is these are realities. That's why that's why I said we're not keeping up with that. So th there is good work being done. It's not enough and it's not fast enough, but there is some awareness, I think, that is occurring even with our government partners, you know, that we need to be doing things uh, differently and better. Yeah. The big catalyst behind uh, my co-founder Marco and I starting ITSP Magazine was to change the conversation for security. Stop making it about tech to tech. And that's the reason I love this conversation so much because a few things you pointed out, every department needs to be part of the enterprise-wide risk management and security yeah. uh, security management program. And I'm just wondering if we're asking, and I, th I think we are, asking security folks to come up with financial models <laughs> or maybe business leaders trying to make that connection in an economic way to come up with those calculations. To me, it's, it seems th that we're asking the wrong people to come up with answer to perhaps even the wrong question. And I'm wondering, and this is why I was asking earlier about what from the book, and I don't, I don't know, maybe it's not in a book, but an example of you said the board and executive leadership are talking with with uh, the, the financial team and making decisions. What does that conversation look like? What does that formula look like? What does that calculation look like? And is there nothing we can draw from that? Maybe it's some financial person put a, put a formula together to help make that decision, right? It's, it's above the line, below the line. Can we not solve that in a similar way for cybersecurity? Get the, get the security people out. Put a yeah. financial analyst in there. So, 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 what's the defining characteristic of the internet? It's interconnection, and I would say that's the answer to your question. Also, is we need greater interconnection. So, for example, when we started um, our work with National Association of Directors ten years ago, um, there were documents out there uh, that were purported to be for uh, the board, and what people were doing was they were trying to teach the board tech. And the board didn't want to learn tech. I made their eyes glass over. They didn't understand it. Uh, you know, it made them feel bad. They made them feel stupid. They they weren't listening. And National Association of Corporate Directors realized this. And so what we decided to do was instead of um, making the board learn our language, we needed to learn their language. So we had to stop talking about NIST frameworks and ISO standards and uh, and, and, and all sorts of other things to the board and start talking about what the board cares about. What does the board care about? Board cares about innovation. Board cares about strategic partnerships. The board cares about mergers and acquisitions. So let's highlight what are the cybersecurity issues involved in developing a new strategic partnership? What are the cybersecurity issues involved when you're doing a, a merger and acquisition? What are the cybersecurity uh, 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 issues involved when you're launching a new product, uh, and 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 by um, marrying uh, the, the the technological issues, the cyber tech issues, with the business issues, we could achieve a better understanding on all sides. And I think that that's what we're trying to do. And if you look at some of these models that I referred to before, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to integrate economics into the conversation about cyber risk. So that we can turn uh, these, the so, so that at the end of the day, anyway, when you get to the end of the model, uh, you're doing uh, Monte Carlo simulations 
uh, to determine, you know, what is the most likely sort of technical attack you're going to have and what is that economic impact going to be? And then you can measure up and down in terms of what your, your cyber spend can be so that it comes down to the appropriate level. So these things are all part of the same thing. We just traditionally didn't treat them like they were part of the same thing. But we can treat them that way. We're beginning to treat them that way. Um, the book is an attempt to fill part of that gap. Uh, the, the handbooks are an attempt uh, to fill a part of that gap. These new models you know, that I've alluded to and I don't have any relation to people are creating those new models. Those are part of, of filling the gap. So, I mean, there is, you know, there is work to be done here, but I agree with you completely. We need to change the conversation. I mean, we just finished, uh, actually won a couple of awards for a program, a social media program we did last year called Rethinking Cybersecurity, you know, which was a series of blogs that went through all of these issues and said, we need to rethink cybersecurity. And, and at, the, at the end of that program, what we had was, members of Congress saying, hey, we need to rethink cybersecurity. You know, the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee and the House Homeland Security Committee and, and the acting director of CISA, which is Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, um, typical government name. <laughs> um, but that, people started, you know, using this terminology. So I think people, I think what you're doing is the Lord's work. We have to get that kind of messaging out there. People have to know that there is a different way to think about this, that it's not just tech and ops. Tech and ops is important, but so is strategic partnerships. So is is, is financial uh, exposure. So is developing a positive corporate culture. There's lots of things that are involved in creating a sustainably secure cyber structure. And we need to bring them all together. So there are, there are to go back to your analogy before, there are lots of ingredients that have to go into the cake. And actually, yes, they're in different parts of the store. We're gonna buy the eggs over here, we're gonna buy the flour over here, the sugar over here, the milk over here, and we're gonna mix it all together through a plan you know, that talks about how we integrate all of these things together. We can do those things. We haven't done them that well so far, but we're moving. Yep, I love it. And I'm, I'm gonna attempt to wrap with this thought of an economics-driven strategy that uh, supports operations driven, uh, enabled by or through technology, but not just through IT and security. It has to be across all, all departments. So I, I think that flow, and I think it, it probably lines up well with the structure of your book as well. It does. Um, uh, yeah, leading to each department and having a role and responsibility. And I think that's the, that's the key because I've, I've had some conversations looking on, on this channel, looking at the relationship between departments, HR and InfoSec, engineering and InfoSec. And I, I approach them from a relationship perspective, those conversations. And I think what I like hearing from you in the book is the responsibility of those departments. Mm -hmm. So yes, there's a relationship and that's, that's important, but I think the responsibility um, is key as well. Um, I agree. It's part yeah. of the part of the job. Yep. Part of the job in HR is to do cybersecurity. Part yep. of the job in audit is to do cybersecurity. Part of the job in legal is to do cybersecurity. It's not yep. the guy at the end of the hall. Hopefully, we'll have a chance, uh, Larry, to dig into some of those topics in the future. Um, a, a quick question before we wrap: you, you mentioned your campaign, rethinking cybersecurity. Is that campaign and those blogs are they still available? Uh, they are all available on the ISA website, uh, okay. isalliance.org. 
By the way, one quick note, um, we don't sell anything. Okay, so we don't sell any services or products or anything. I guess we sell the books now. Oh, well, you probably know there's no money in writing books. <laughs> Uh, but but all our stuff is is uh, is, is open source. So people yep. go to the ISA website. Uh, it's isalliance.org, um, and they get access to all the blogs and a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, including chapter summaries of, of this book. Love it. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you kindly to share a link to that campaign um, if you can, and we'll we'll link to that here because I think it sounds I think it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of stuff in there that uh, would be super helpful. Of course, a link to the book uh, will be there. Uh, Cybersecurity for Business, Organization-Wide Strategies to Ensure Cyber Risk. Not just an IT issue, as we discussed today. And uh, Larry, I know there's another book coming, looking at policy. Perhaps we'll have a chance to talk about that one down the road. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. It certainly got me thinking, and hopefully those listening are thinking as well. And uh that i want to thank everybody for joining us for this redefining security cybersecurity episode here on itsp magazine larry thanks so much um keep well we'll uh, we'll chat again soon i'll look forward to it thank you very much for the opportunity imperva is the cybersecurity leader whose mission is to protect data and all paths to it with a suite of integrated application and data security solutions learn more at imperva.com. iTrust is a leading data protection standards development and certification organization that strives to safeguard sensitive information and manage information risk for global organizations across all industries and throughout the third-party supply chain. Learn more at hightrustalliance.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Security Podcast. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.